James, you know, we're getting all these emails where people write lyrics to the lyricless question of the day theme song. Uh, I did not know that, actually. Where do you get, where do you get the uh, kind of QOD emails? I think a lot of them write to a, a Blankonomics address uh. that I own. And uh, so let's see, here, here's one. So the first one was question of the day, question of the day, question of the day with James and Steven, yeah. I think I added the yeah. Okay, so two comments I have to make. Hit me. One is, obviously, you were a rock star in a previous lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Second is, it sounds like a 1959 quiz show theme song oh, type 59? of... Oh, 59? I'd put it like 66. Okay, so we were talking earlier. Yeah. And you said, um, I won't describe the context, but you said um, sn- the, the, the phrase, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Oh, yeah. And me the, just... No, you can say the context. Go ahead. Okay, I had... I was losing to you in backgammon, and then I crushed you in backgammon. It was humbling. <laughs> and and We played 13 games today. Yeah, and just the final one. And after 12 games, I was up 15-10. And then it was a gammon on the— uh, A gammon with a cube at four. So I got eight points. <sighs> so— Congratulations, You said though. snatched— you, you said bitter and resentful. You said snatching <laughs> defeat from the jaws of victory. And me, snarky and obnoxious, I said you often use cliches in your writing. No, you and, said how often you use yeah, cliches how often in you use your cliches right. right. And so then you said, do you know the where the word cliche comes from? And I just assumed it was French, but that's about it. And then you said, you know, I will tell you later. So tell me something I don't know. Where I, I want to ask you, that's sort of a trivial thing, but then I really legitimately do want to know, you know, cliches are there for a reason. They're They're true most of the time. So how often do you use cliches in your writing? So... It is true that a lot of people use a lot of cliches in their writing, and I am pretty against it. Mm -hmm. But that said, A, you're right. There are some times when they're appropriate, right? And what's an appropriate cliche? um, Let's see. I think one that people um, use a lot properly and it works is for all intents and purposes. Although a lot of people don't get it right. They say for all intensive purposes, by the way. But it should be for all intents and purposes, which I think is, even though it is a cliche and it's probably overused, it's a very specific and useful, um, you know, grammatical phrase, as opposed to something like needless to say. Like, if it's needless to say, don't say it, all right? right. It, needless to say is one of those cliches that's so bad that a friend of mine, a writer, he calls it needles to hay. It's like, it's so stupid, it shouldn't even be a real thing. And I had an editor, one of my first editors when I got in journalism, whenever he would see a, that phrase, and this he's probably where I learned it from, if it's needless to say, then you shouldn't be writing it, right? Well, well, also, I think things like, if you say, my opinion is, you know, you give somebody else's opinion and you say, my opinion is, I, I, I think there's usually better ways to say it, because obviously it's your opinion, you're about to write it. Yeah, so. th- I mean, this gets into a conversation about writing generally. So I personally believe, and I wouldn't uh, force this on anyone else, but I personally believe that What's fun about writing and what's good about writing is uh, a brain that is uh, working hard enough to get across an idea or a story or an emotion or whatever it is. And the minute you start using cliches, what I, uh, the signal that sends to me as a reader is that, oh, well, they're not really thinking very hard. They're just using the flotsam and jetsam. See how I Cliche. put one in there? That kind of rambles into their brain. Um, and see how I said there, rambles into their brain? That's not a great phrase, but at least it's not comes to mind. No, right? I, I agree. I like 
when you could tell that a writer is doing that extra push. So one of my favorite writers, I was reading one of his stories. I underlined two lines in the story. Instead of saying the sun is setting in an hour, he said, uh, you know, something like the sun has an hour yet to live. Or, and then another phrase, he said, um, the sun was setting like a, a broken orange bruise. Mm. And so I just thought like, he's putting in that extra effort per word to to make the story special. Who was that? Uh, Dennis Johnson in, feeling, the, in yeah. the collection Jesus Son. Right. And he does that with every single sentence. So that's why the book is worth mm. reading then rereading because then you notice that. Uh, I should also say that it's very easy to go in the other direction. Not so much being anti-cliche, but being anti-straightforward. So like, you know you know how there are those writers that, like if you're writing dialogue and someone will never just say, she said, it'll always be, she exclaimed with right, the right. utmost authority. Like every That's attribution. That's always bad. Yeah, I, hate, you know, I can't stand that. I think like everything, moderation, you know, is key. But my point about writing in cliches, it, it leads to a bigger point. I don't know if we ever talked about this on the show before. Um, even if we have, it's okay, because I think it's a huge, huge, huge thing. I think people are just, I don't know about afraid to or not incented to or not conditioned to or whatever, but a lot of people don't really try to be original at all. But And it's not just in writing. I oh, think that's what I mean. Like in, it, in and life it doesn't, and it in doesn't take much, actually. It takes like a little bit 5% effort, say. even There's no math to this, but it takes just a tiny bit of effort in every area of life that makes a huge impact. You know, if you, uh, I don't know, surprise your wife at the end of the day with a flower, you know, when you have them for the past three months. Such a cliche. <laughs> but still, that, that effort uh, in that case would win. Uh, so if you call that winning. Take a moment to listen to this message while we figure out where this answer is headed. Do you love books but find that you never have time to read them? Well, Audible.com has the perfect solution. Get to those books you've been meaning to read by listening to them while on the go. Their app is free and works on all your favorite devices. And since Audible.com provides over 180,000 audio programs, you will never be lacking new and interesting options to listen to. And unlike a streaming or rental service, with Audible, you own your books. So you can access your books anytime and anywhere right from your smartphone. You don't like the book you chose? No problem. Thanks to Audible's great listen guarantee, you can exchange any book you aren't happy with for another title anytime, no questions asked. And just for listeners, audible.com is offering a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Go to audible.com slash question to start your free trial today. Again, show your support for question of the day and get a free audiobook and 30-day trial at audible.com slash question. Can I thank you for um, suggesting a nice favor that we did today collectively? Yes. So James and I, now I'm talking to you, dear listener. Usually we just talk to each other and kind of, you know, know that you guys are there, but we're not actually talking to you. But today, James and I were playing backgammon at um, one of our favorite spots. Where, where we found a dead mouse also. <laughs> right. We should say we, it, the mouse was not in our food. But yeah, years ago, James and I were eating at a Le Pen Quotidien at 90th and Broadway, I think, in Manhattan. Yeah, 91st and Broadway. 91st and Broadway. And there was a, uh, a, a scream. You want to tell your recollection of it? Yeah. So the woman screamed at the table diagonally right next to us. And we both looked over. And she pointed to her salad right there in the middle of the salad was a dead mouse. Before that, you remember we were like wondering what she was shrieking about. You remember we had oh, this yeah. whole conversation. Do you remember? 
I don't remember what we theorized. I do. Oh, maybe we were afraid some uh, someone was dying or... Uh, that's what I... I felt it was two women, both in their maybe 60s, 70s. And it was a scream, but it was more like a shriek, like agony. Yeah. It wasn't just like, <gasps> like that. Yeah. It was like really... When someone is like, their lives are at stake. Yeah. And we were, or maybe I, or maybe we were imagining that like they were old friends... And one of them just found out that a family member, maybe a husband or a child or something, had cancer. That's what it felt like to me. It was like that brutal. So so I walked over. She was right behind <laughs> me. So I, I walked over and I said, what's going on? And she pointed and there was a mouse in the salad. Mm -hmm. and she kind a of had... Cute little baby mouse. She scraped away the salad and we right. could see the mouse. So Dead mouse, we should say. I wanted to write a blog post about it, and you were already thinking radio show. So, like, so being the generous media whores we are, we <laughs> said, "Oh, you know, you should really document this for the future. We'll take a photo for you and I email." Would, it. I would like to challenge your memory. I don't well, think we were either of us were thinking about. I was totally thinking it, oh. and I suggested to her, "You should document this, yeah. and I'll I'll take a photo for you and email it to you right now." Now let me ask, I wanted the photo. Now let me ask you this: You are now. That was probably five, six, seven years ago. No, you, no, no. It was like uh, 2011, 2012. Okay, four four years ago. Let's yeah. say. So, um, you are now such a kind of altruistic, um, give, 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 never, never take person. I'm curious if the same thing happened today, whether you would have thought... So it sounds like you're saying you said to her, let me document it for your purposes, but really you were doing it for your own. Well, I was doing both, right? So there's a good reason and there's a real reason. So I gave her a perfectly good reason for her to let me take the photo. So, and I emailed it to her instantly, and then she could use that photo for whatever purpose she needed. Like, if it really disturbed her or gave her a heart attack, now she's got documented proof. And then I had also another reason, which is that I wanted to document it. Mm. So I also know that the way you've told this story before, that you totally fabricate uh, the way that we paid for the meal. No, that I didn't. Total you, fabrication. Your memory right, tell of your, that. Tell your version, then I'll tell my version. Okay, the version was you wanted to do a Freakonomics-esque experiment and so we had already I, I agree eaten. with you there but it's the next part just for the record so we had already eaten mm -hmm. and you said let's get up and start walking towards the door you said with confidence they will stop us before we leave with the bill and then let's see what they say and so we were just at the door i forget if we had stepped out or we were just at the door and the manager caught up to us and said you have to oh you have a bill your, your bill's not paid and then you said listen We've already eaten. Um, I think we actually abandoned our meal. We were playing backgammon. I, I know for a fact we didn't finish. Well, you said we were we were we were disturbed right. by what happened, and we're now right. we're not really feeling well. Right. And what price would you suggest uh, that we pay? And you said to me in advance, "This is going to be an interesting thing to see what his answer is, because there's a wrong answer and a correct answer." Right. Right. And then and then he said, "You uh, oh he thought about it. He had to think about mm -hmm. it." And then he said what you later said was the correct answer. He said, don't pay anything, um, but we hope you come back and, right. en and enjoy us. Actually, that version was like 90% true. The only part that was totally false was there's no way I suggested ever would suggest that we try to walk out without paying and depend on him to stop us. I said, we're going to take the bill to the guy and say, here's what happened. We were eating over there. The lady found a mouse. It was pretty gross. We're leaving now. We were in the middle of our meal, but we, you know, we'll, we'll happily pay for the meal. 
But what do you think we should pay for the meal? Okay, but then— I wasn't going to try to do a dine and dash. That's all I'm saying. To, okay, maybe you weren't doing the dine and dash, but, but to prove that we're somewhere in the middle, where did the discussion with the manager take place? That I don't recall. You're it saying it was outside? Or, or at the door. Well, the right register the is near the door. But, uh, but we uh, never pay at the register there. Um, well, all, all I know, I would swear on my children's uh, heads, especially because they're teenagers now, and that's no great. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. This the reason I wanted to try that experiment was because another bad eating experience I'd had that I wrote about somewhere uh, at a place called French Roast, which is right down Broadway, where I got some really rancid chicken. This is not with you, and uh, it was unbelievably bad chicken. And then I don't think I've ever had rancid chicken. Yeah, you really don't want to. It, it was what was remarkable to me in retrospect. The weirdest thing was that knowing that they could serve it that served chicken that was so, so rotten, what it really made me wonder is how incredibly stoned must the chef and maybe even the waiter be to deliver it because it smelled so bad. Well, it's the same thing with the dead mouse. Like, we discussed this. No, the mouse is kind of... I could see how you'd miss but, the mouse. But if you're you know, the waiter, at least. Okay, if you're the waiter, but in the kitchen, they pull the lettuce out of, like, a big bag. You, could, you had, he, Somebody with their... Hands put their hands yeah, on the mouse. Yeah, but it was a, and, in their defense, it was a pretty little mouse. It was like a little cute, cute little yeah, field mouse. I would eat it. And then in then so we should just say so. Later, I went back to try to do radio, and the people at that who worked at that Pen Quotidian would not um, speak to me at all. And then for months, I tried to contact them, their their uh, executives, and finally, the uh, the CEO of the company heard about it and what he told me was that he said to his people you, why are you not returning this guy's calls something bad happened you can't just if you're a company you can't just ignore when bad things happen so to his credit he sat down with me and talked about the whole affair of the mouse and the salad and interestingly you your angle i found the most interesting of all which was that this was probably a function of overexpansion Yes, because they they had started. Uh, they were like one of my favorite chains, but then they started expanding like everywhere. They were on every block, and so. And you know what? I'm not saying whether this is causal or not, but not long after we ran that Blankonomics radio piece about mouse and the salad that was ran all over NPR stations and everything, uh, they decidedly pulled back on their expansion. But should, we should get back to the question of the day. Well, okay, where where does the word cliche come from? So I think you're right. It's French. But here's what I learned. And honestly, this may be one of those tales that I think I looked it up once or twice, but I can't vouch. So I may, it may be totally apocryphal, but I love the story so much that I believe it to be true. It comes from the days of hot type or cold type. So I don't know. You're just not, you're just too young probably to remember typesetting with metal, little pieces of metal, right? Correct. I right. do not remember some uh, grandpa's well, thing. Well, can I tell you so? This wasn't that You're long ago. You're so three even years older than me. When I was in college, even, for whatever reason, there was they still taught, like, typesetting. And it was like a shop class. And I don't know why any of us took it. I think, actually, I know why I took it, because I was in a band, and we wanted to have a business card, and I had no money, so I thought I could use typesetting class to make a free business card, which I did. For the right profile. But anyway, the way it worked is there are all these boxes of little tiny pieces of letter, little metal pieces of letters, and you take them and you set them in this kind of ruled form. You put them together, you add the spaces, da da da, da and then you roll, you put them in a machine, you roll 
ink over it, and you slam it down, and you print it on the paper. It's like a check, an old credit card thing. Yeah, yeah. So, but the point is, is that every time you want to make a word, whether it's the, whether it's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, or whether it's something like for all intents and purposes, somebody has to put those letters together. So at the end of, let's say you work at a newspaper in 1930 or 1950 even, right? At the end of every day, after you've set the whole Almost newspaper... Almost a cliche, by the way. At the end of the day, but you actually <laughs> no, meant it. That, actually, that was pretty... Yeah, you're right. It was both. At the end of the day, for real, um, you would have to take every word of every line of every story that had gone in the newspaper that day and disaggregate the letters and put all the A's back in the A box and the E's back in the E box and so on. So, what I'm told is that back in the old days, the words... Back in the day. There you go. I almost went there. <laughs> The words or phrases that you knew you were going to use all the time, you never broke them up. You just kept them out. So the phrase, for all intents and purposes, at the end of the day, you wouldn't break that phrase up and put the individual letters back in their individual boxes. You'd leave all the words or phrases that were very commonly used out on the table. And then when you're going to typeset that day's story— Instead of going into the box to aggregate it for real, you would take these little sticks. Like, I think of them as kind of metal chopsticks of some kind. I'm not sure if that's what they were. And you would grab them. You would use them like tongs to slam them into the table to pick up the phrase and drop it into the story you were setting. And the sound that it made when you went click, 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 click to pick up them was ah. click, click, cliche. And ah. so cliche comes from the clicking of picking up the phrases. So so very interesting. And I would, I would just... to. To end this, I would encourage, if you see a cliche, go that extra 1% and take the letters apart in your own writing. Because we don't do that anymore. This was fun. If you liked it, check out our next question of the day. We'll have a preview for you right after this. Again, we'd like to thank today's sponsor, Audible.com. They've got more than 180,000 audio programs from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. You can catch up on all the hot new books you've been meaning to read while on your daily commute with Audible.com. And just for question of the day listeners, Audible.com is offering a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to Audible.com slash question to start your free trial today. On the next question of the day. So remember the motto, I am an idiot. Like, just keep repeating that to when yourself. When you say that, is that about you only, or we're all supposed to believe that? <laughs> <laughs>